Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amovio Kugo, with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world, and I'll be giving my thoughts from the perspective of a pro soccer player. Uh, this week is really cool. Uh, we'll be talking about lower league soccer in America, including Oakland Roots, uh, move to USL Championship, equity crowdfunding campaigns, and a lot more. We'll also, we'll also discuss some key transfer window signings, and we'll also give some match predictions from some top soccer matches this week. Uh, we're joined by two special guests. Uh, lo and behold, my Nigerian brother, my Chelsea supporter, uh, Jide Sabah, president, and Evan Ramis, GM and director of op operations for the Maryland Bobcats. Um, so we, let's get right into it. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. So let's let's let. How did you guys get started? Um, L brought this you guys to me in terms of like, yo, we need to get these guys on. We need to get these guys on. Um, they're changing the game, and I didn't know much about you guys. So give us some backstory. How did you guys get Maryland Bobcats started and all that? Yeah, Evan, Jay, you I want think me to go. Yeah, Jay, this is all 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 <laughs> you. Okay. So, I mean, uh, this, this is a project that started over 10 years ago. I mean, I played, I went to UMBC, so I played for the club soccer down there. And uh, we were also pretty cool with most of the actual retrievers, men's team players as well. So after we graduated, uh, even during, before we graduated, we've already had this team. Uh, then it was called uh, Christos Baptist FC. We've gone through so many name changes. Uh -huh. uh, then we, we entered into the Maryland majors because we found out that's a Sunday league game, uh, uh, league. So we started playing there. Then after graduating in 2009, we continued to play even after colleges and, and things like that. We continued to play, the, uh, play in the Maryland majors as well. So, that, but it's been like, around for over 10 like years. Huh? Is that like men's league? Men's league? Yeah, it's a, yeah pretty much it's men's league, uh, in, in Baltimore, Baltimore area. Okay. So we've been playing it. It's just a way for... You know, I and, and a couple of my friends have also graduated to just keep fit and continue to play. And while we also, you know, continue our friendship and things like that. Uh, so that's how it started. And it's a good way for us to keep fit and still continue to meet each other, you know, once in a while. So we had games every Sunday and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, what really pushed us was, I mean, it's funny now where what's going on within the society but people now would tell us that you guys see the future one way or the other. But it was back in, uh, you know, we just noticed that majority of our talented players, uh, especially people of color, would go play for all these top clubs around the DMV. Uh, but then when those top-notch black players, they would be the best players on the team. When they make names for those teams, they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. E.g. going further into open cups and things like that. There was a particular game where we carried... A lot of, you know, my team back then, we went to go support because of these three black brothers on the team. But leading up to the Open Guy game, their name was nowhere to be found. But they were the reason why the team made it to play in that, you know, Open Cup round. They went further. So after that, we started thinking, we're like, you know what? Something is not right here. You know, what is the purpose of having our brothers, you know, play for these teams? And at the end of the day, their, their faces are nowhere to be seen. You know, nobody knows who they are. But they know the clubs, and you know, and they know the clubs, and the clubs decide what face they want to put on the map. And they're ballers too. <laughs> and they're ballers. They were they were literally the best players on these teams. Quick question: You, know? you went to UMBC, so you know Levy then. Levy's like my little brother. 
See, that's how <laughs> that's how small the soccer world is. So me and Levy yeah. go way back. And you mentioned like you know the ballers and you know getting notoriety for your play. Were you guys associated with that one team way back when they played DC and they 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 you guys almost beat them back in the Open Cup a couple like six seven years ago? We're not we're not with that team. But there's uh, some we, we're, yeah, we we're never yeah we we're never yeah we we're never affiliated with that team. But we do have some of the players that played in that Open Cup. Okay. That are now with us. So uh, you have Levy, you have Alton. Uh, who else? I think that's it. Um, yeah, Mamadou played different. with us at some point. Uh, you know, Mamadou played with us at some point as well. So there, there's some two players that played on that team that, that are playing with us now, and they were practically the best players on that team. Like three of them, Mamadou, Levy, and Elton. Literally. Those were the three best players. And then they had Phil Sanders in goal who was, you know, amazing, you know, yeah. keeping as well. But when it comes to actually the gameplay of that team, those three players that I mentioned were basically the best. They were the, They were basically that team. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we, we sat down, we talked about it. We're like, you know what? We need to work hard to make sure this is something we try to put an end to and just show that when we come together, we're very powerful. You know, why can't it be you know, a minority group that brings pro soccer to Maryland. Why can't it be us? You know, that, that can be something we can do, you know, and that's why we started planning over 10 years and then started putting things together. But, you know, thank God now, you know, we're able to, to get those things going right now. Yeah, so do you have anything to say and add on to that? How did you get involved? <laughs> yeah, so I have not been involved for all 10 years. I think I've been involved for a little over three years now. Um, and weirdly enough, it was just kind of luck of the draw that I ended up with this this team, this club. So Maryland Majors, the league, they have like a free agent page. Like if, if you're a player and you want to play, like, you know, you can put your name. And I think I just said like, hey, like I graduated from college. I played in college. You know, I want to keep playing. And Jay just happened to be the, the first guy to – send me an email back and so I showed up to a game and uh like from from there you know it's now been three and a half years and I'm I'm still still here um and kind of from like the the, the first moment that I got there that first game never met any of these guys um you know I didn't have the history that a lot of the players had with with Jay with with each each other with even that kind of area um it was like no team I'd been on. Uh, you know, it, the second I got there, guys were, you know, hopeful and, and excited to have have a new player. And and it was more of a family than 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 a team. Um, and, and being able to just kind of jump in into that right away, not having ever met any of these in person, was it was great. No, that's amazing. Like, and it touches on like how why soccer is a beautiful game. You have people from all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, all different cultures. But when you get on the field, it's like a family. So yep. it, it's really crazy for you guys, especially in the DMV area. You know, yeah. a lot of different people. Um, you guys are able to connect with them. So what what is it like? You know, uh, what are some of the challenges that come with you know starting uh, and running a lower league team? I mean, uh, the first thing I would say is being able to have people that, that believe. Uh, it was kind of hard to be able to, you know, have 
people actually trust that you're just not one of those people that are that is just trying to promise them like several like things that is not true because mm-hmm. I think within within our community a lot of people have said so many things to these players and they 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 will believe it and then down the line they'll realize they're lying so that was the most difficult part and I know you know we were creating a lot of buzz because we started picking up players that normally would sign for USL championship like for example we have K Banjo who left uh the Pittsburgh Riverhound because I had a conversation with him and I told him hey you don't have to go there. You can come here and we'll take care of you. And he stayed. We have Sami Kansai. What does take care look like? Huh? What does take care look look like? Oh, what what did take, taking care of K look like? Yeah. Okay. So within our club, we don't just, um, let me put it this way. We don't just look at players and then say, hey, come and play for us. Mm-hmm. The best way for you to be able to get the best out of a player we ask them, okay, what do you do for a living? Do you have a stable job? Do you have a stable income? Right? And if they don't, we try to link them up with a job. That's we try cool. to get them a job. You know, and again, I'm just going to be honest. Most of our players right now, also within the team, they get paid to play on the lower league. They get paid because you can't get the best out of these players if you don't try to help them out, if you don't try to support them. I mean, how can you get someone to come and play soccer if they don't even know how they're going to feed themselves tomorrow? That's true. That, that kind of thing. So we, we go deep inside and say, hey, do you have a job? Are you stable? If you don't, we'll link you up to make sure you're financially stable. Then we talk soccer. So that's how we operate. So I love that. overall, it's, it's very difficult for them to believe. But as soon as they started seeing that, we're more than just let's play soccer around because a lot of these teams they play after playing they win games and they go home <laughs> that's just what it is they don't have that connection but it took someone like myself the technical directors evan to say hey we're more than you know a club we want this is a family environment let's talk to each other let's find out how can we help you how can we make sure you're good on your end so that when you come to the field you really truly feel like this is a family environment and you know that's what we try to build uh, but as soon as they started realizing that hey it's not just hey i want to we want to use you for your talent they open right up it's not perfect we have a lot you know people that will still go once in a while not follow the rules but we you know we, we take care of them but we still tell them you have to follow rules and regulations but you're still part of the family so i think creating that family culture first was the toughest thing for us to be able to do. But as soon as players started buying it and they realized that, okay, this is bigger than me, it was easy. You know, it was pretty much easy for them to just come in, gel, and things like that. And we tell them all the time, we want to make sure you know your worth so you don't just settle for anything. You know, so if a USL championship team comes for you, how much are they paying you? Is it really worth it? If it's not worth it, then you don't have to leave. But if they pay you good money, I'll buy a plane ticket and send you over there. <laughs> so that's how we kind of operate, you know, and that's how we function. So I think that was a difficult part, being able to be with that family environment and for them to believe in the project. But once we got that down, 
now it's a lot easier for us to be able to one attract the best players around the DMV because all the players are telling them. And then, you know, again, it's just easier that way. But being able to get their trust and them buying in, that was the most difficult part. Oh, that's cool. And then can you guys talk about your like your roles and responsibilities within the team, you know, running a running a franchise? Because you know, I've been watch, I watched the Time Ham series. I'm just watching the Leeds documentary now. So it's really yeah. interesting, like the backroom stuff when it comes to um, you know, the willing and dealing, the checks and balances between president uh, in, in your role, Jade, and uh, Evan in your role, like as general manager and director of operations. So can you guys dive into that as you guys are running a fully fledged franchise? Yeah I, think, yeah, I think that, um, you know, as, especially over the course of the last year, um, things have changed a lot. Um, you know, front what I would consider front office staff, we maybe have five people, six people. Um, so, you know, we don't have tons and tons of people. Um, and that's, you know, to kind of go off the last question, too, I think that's one of the challenges, if you want to be, of operating a team at this level you have to be willing to wear a lot of hats right you have to be willing to do a lot of stuff and and hustle and grind and make sure that what needs to get done gets done um and, you know it i think we're lucky that the team that jay has together um everyone is really energized and excited for this project because we know that you know, it, it's not just me. It's not just the players. It's not just the coach. It's, it's, we're building this so that, you know, five, 10, 20 years down the line, it's still around. Um, but as far as what, what I do, um, maybe my number one goal has been getting Jay farther back from the day to day so he can take a break. Um, uh, but, but, but no, I, I, I think, you know, one of my favorite stories is that, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a couple months ago, we had a game, team was on the field um, getting get, getting ready, and a new player that had only been at one or two training sessions that was at the game, and he saw this guy picking up cones. He had a ball bag over his shoulder, and he asked our head coach, he goes, hey, who is that? And he goes, oh, that's that owner, Jay. Um, and so it's stuff like that where, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your role is, right? It's you see stuff that needs to get done um, and you, but, you know, for, for me and my role, um, it's kind of the, all the office, what you would consider typical front office stuff, right? So it's communicating with, with leagues, whether that's UPSL, whether it's NISA, e, EPSL, um, making sure press press releases and contacts and all, all that stuff goes goes out. It's the social media side, which, you know, is a big deal, especially now um, with, with how much attention you, you can get from that. Um, but, you know, what me and Jay always like to say is it's, it's not just that, right? You can tweet yeah. as much as you want. You can put out as many pictures, videos, whatever. But if, if you're not performing on the field, what is all all that for right so um it's it's me i take my job as let's make the team look as good as they can off the field so that our guys on the field can just take care of their 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 jobs oh, that's what it's all about and uh i know we got some um questions from twitter uh l you want to take those yep um so yogi who also runs the river 93 podcast 
Um, he had a couple of questions for you guys. Uh, so how's your first year competing in NISA been? Jay. Oh, we actually, we actually haven't kicked off in NISA yet. We played in the NISA Independence Cup. We, okay. you know, we are open. We kick off in NISA uh, come fall of next year, hopefully. That's our hope. But everything still boils down to NISA itself. So we haven't kicked off in NISA yet. But he must have seen us play against maybe New York Cosmos and then thinking we're playing in it. But no, we haven't kicked off yet in NISA. Uh, we played in the Independence Cup, though. Okay. Um, they also asked, uh, what are some challenges of running an independent club during COVID? <laughs> I would say, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things, right? So one, right. Um, because of our, you know, we're an independent smaller club, right? It's it's got to make every dollar, every hour count. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we want to make sure that, um, like Jay said earlier, that our players were still good, right? That was kind of first and for, foremost for us is, is making sure our, our players um, were, were still fine and, and safe and healthy. Um, but from, from a club side, it was, you know, making sure that as soon as we were able to play and as soon as we were able to get back on the field, that, that we could, whether that meant getting games against teams we know would be safe or, you know, uh, making sure that we have fields that we know are, are going to be open and and available, whether that's making sure we are putting out some type of co content that, um, you know, gives people um, confidence that, that we're here here for the long haul and, and that we continue to, to, to grow and move. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think the biggest challenge was was um, for, for me was not having the guys on on the field, but still making the club um, move forward, right? And and I actually think that COVID, um, not that we want this to wanted this to happen, um, but it, it gave us time to really nail down some in, in internal stuff. We launched a youth club, um, and you know that was kind of not born out of COVID, but it gave us the time to really spend time and, and do that out. Um, and and it also gave us time to kind of you know nailed down actual roles for people versus just kind of more like a get it done if it needs to get done it we kind of were able to to give people projects um and and kind of build the club that way and, and you know we kind of went through the whole nisa process during covid too um and you know what typically takes maybe four to six months we did in about two and a half so um you know we got not that covid was a good thing at, at all but it, it really gave us time to get the off off the field stuff done yeah definitely um yogi also has another question and kind of to your point evan um mm -hmm. when you got started a youth club he asked what are some of the challenges of getting more people of color into the game of soccer and which ways are you guys trying to improve that uh evan can i say that yeah for sure okay i think communities community event is very key uh making your presence known uh, actually going out there, having a conversation with people. Uh, example, what we do on a yearly basis, which, again, there's some successful clubs within the DMV, even some that have made a name for themselves, but they've never done any of these things. And that would make you get a lot of hate, but you also get people that will love you as well. Uh, I would say we have a community cup. The community cup is pretty much bringing a bunch of predominantly minority soccer teams together. 
We bring them together once every year. We provide food, drinks. It's a weekend tournament. And we give monetary prizes to the first and second and runner-up. And we give them trophies and things like that. We are open. That's a way we continue to develop relationship within the community. Because for you, for kids to be able to come into your program, they have to trust you. And they have to feel like the club is indeed about the community. And, you know, I think that's one of the areas like you have to, you know, channel into. And that's what we are trying to do. There'll be more community events coming up uh, as we go along, come later this year or early next year, even before we kick off in NISA, because we really want to make sure we're showing ourselves out there to our own community for them to come out and say, hey, you can be part of this project. You know, we can be just as organized. Yeah. I think that's what, for, for me, makes this part of so exciting and why I love being a part of it is because it really is more than just playing soccer, which, sure, we, you know, we have to do that because that's, that's what we do. But being able to, to put, you know, our players, kind of like the flip side of what Jay was saying, here, to be able to put these guys on posters, in videos, ha have them talk, have them out, out in the community and have them see like, one, these guys are from guys, two, they can ball, and three, they want to make their community a better place. Um, you know, it, that's what makes me so, so excited and, and happy to be part of it and, and why I've, you know, Jay to continue to let, let, let me keep doing this is, um, you know, it, it really is more, more than a club and we don't care you're from what are we, we don't care right if, if you're a good person you do you, you can play on the field you're gonna have a spot so um you know i i i think that's a part of it is like like that is making sure that our community knows look we're we're here we're for you right we, we don't see them as they're coming for us it's we're we're for them we're we're the team that's coming from the com community and towns um you know that come that are our around us dope that's very dope um speaking that speaking of community um yogi also asked if you guys will be working with any local hbcus like you know morgan state um um eastern shore etc um to increase the growth of soccer both on the field and in front office positions so yeah, so that's yep sorry jay go, go ahead so the goal the goal is to bring you know every minority group together <laughs> Uh, if it means reaching out and making sure we're building a relationship with all these HBCU schools, definitely. Uh, that's what we want to do. Uh, it's all about, again, minority representation, Black representation. Uh, we're, we're a Black-owned organization, and we're right now the only Black outdoor professional soccer team out there in the state of Maryland. I mean, let, 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 us, let that sink in. You know, we're Black-owned, and we're bringing pro soccer to the state of Maryland. Uh, it's not easy, and we want to make sure the entire Black community knows about this, and we are getting them involved in it, wherever you may be, whoever you may be. So that's our goal. We're going to definitely reach out and build a relationship with every Black-owned businesses, every Black, school, black schools, Black organizations, uh, because we need to come together to show that, you know, we're more powerful being together than not being together. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and Jason asked, Jason wanted to know, um, 
about the difficulties of getting coaches, coaching licenses in this country um, and how that plays a role in the lack of black coaches that we have. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, there's a lot of stock taken in what license you have. And to a point, I, I think it's true, right? It means you, you know, will continue to improve and learn and stuff. And that's great. But, you know, I think there's also maybe too much of an importance placed on that. Um, and also on, on top of that, the, the cost, right? Like uh, for a young, I'm 25 and right. So for, for a young person that's starting their career, you know, isn't making a ton of money. It's really, really hard to get these licenses and classes. Not, 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 not even to mention that once you get higher, and you got to take time off of work, which means you could potentially make less money because you go travel. Um, you know, both of our coaches and our technical directors are are both both black. Look, like I would put them against any coaches. You know, kind of in in Nisa, UPSL. Um, and I, I think that part of the reason they've gotten to where they are is because we kind of threw, threw them in and said, look, you're either going to do do well or or not. And they well, right? They they continue to win. They continue to get 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 better in in their own way. Um, but I definitely think that the kind of cost barriers, the the time barriers, the um, uh, the the hardships that they have to go through to get these different, you know, DC um is definitely blocking people from from continuing to get that um and you know look at germany for example they have i, I just read a stat it was like you know they have two hundred thousand coaches on like a c what would equate to a c and you know up until that point i think it cost them like 500 bucks total um, and so, you know, that's more people that get to know the game, more people to get, get experience. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's, it, it, it definitely makes it hard for, for, for people to, to kind of get that, that pace. Yeah. So another thing that I would touch on that is also the opportunity, like what he said, the technical director and the two coaches, like going down to UPSL, like literally they will be studying games, preparing and things like that, formations and all that kind of stuff. For every UPSL game we had for nationals, they didn't go to sleep until like 2, 3 a.m. The next, the next morning, working on game formations. But another thing is our technical director has been in a game for over 20-something years. He's got his licenses, but he's never been given the opportunity to be a technical director. Wherever he's gone... He's been told to work underneath people that are not even as experienced as he is. So it's not, not, it's not even about the licenses. So you have to have the right sets of people who are going to give that opportunity to us as individuals. And that's what, I mean, it's, it's tough. So you might have the license all you want, but if there is still lack of opportunity for our people when it comes to the sport, they will still look the other way. And again, our technical director, I will put him against anyone. Like, as that man is talented, he's good, but he's never been given that opportunity of a technical director role. So, yes, you can have the licenses, but are they really going to be willing to give that opportunity to, to us? So that's another, that's another area. 
Yep. So what's the way that you think um, you can, I guess, create more opportunities beyond, so say you're creating opportunities on this level, on the NISA independent level, what is this like tier two or three on the tier pyramid? Three. Three. Yep. Um, how do you get those opportunities up to guys, you know, on tier two or even tier one? Like how, how, how can you help them leverage their, their experience here and elevate them up to the, up to the higher levels? So to be honest with you, the top, the top leagues, MLS, USL, USL League One, and NISA, it depends on the organization. You don't necessarily have to go to USL Championship or MLS, right? We can take that money. If I have $12 million, I wouldn't pay USL Championship to go to, go to USL Championship. What would I do? I'll build my community. I'll build a stadium for my community. And I'll bring those players that are playing in MLS and playing in USL Championship and we remain in NISA because they're actually trying to put a pro relegation system within the United States. They're trying to build a system that, that is occurring in, the, in, in Europe or South America in. So it's no longer pay for play. It's actually what money do you have and use that to build your club and build your community. So that's what I would do. That's what I would try to sell to them. Hey, come to this league. We can use $12 million and actually build our community, put up a beautiful stadium. Let them see the culture and representation of black people, minority people, and let's have fun. You know, that's what I would do. I'm not going to use that money and pay USL Championship or USL League One or MLS 300 and something million dollars because it's the name. That's what it is. But when you watch about in the United States, the best soccer is actually played on amateur level. No disrespect. Amateur level plays the best soccer. I watch MLS sometimes. It's boring to watch. That's not soccer. But when you go and watch some of these amateur games, like they're actually fun to see. They're fun to see. Like you, you can count. You would enjoy yourself. We went to Virginia United a couple of years ago. I mean, the, the team, the, the fans were like surrounded. They surrounded the entire stadium. We were so scared to come out. It was a beautiful <laughs> soccer. It's a Hispanic team versus a black, an African team. I mean, two double overtime set to the PK. It was amazing to watch. But I watch MLS fi championship finals. It's boring. I can watch Crystal Palace play, play another lower team in the, in the EPL, and you would sit down and enjoy football. But the best soccer is not played at that top level. I'm sorry. I'll take the money and I'll use it where we are right now. And I'll actually use it to build a culture and build something where we presently are, not move up. That's a great point that you made about, you know, the, the community and culture around soccer when it comes to, you know, amateur level, men's league, NISA. Because uh, I remember growing up when I was playing men's league and you would think it was like, Sunday in England, the way people are intense, fighting within the fans. And I'm like 16, 15, 16, 17 years old, just playing to try to get competition. But no, like it means a lot and it carries yep. over. Um, so uh, I understand what you're saying about, you know, taking that 12 million and doing more with it in the sense of getting more for your buck. Um, and, you know, myself and Elle, we've been on podcasts. We've talked about it on our podcast about promotion relegation. Um, whether it's going to happen or not, it, it remains to be seen. 
but I definitely think it is something that should definitely be considered because of the opportunities that are being closed when, um, you know, when there is no promotion relegation. So uh, it's a topic that a lot of people have opinions about, but you can, you can see that there's a lot more benefits than uh, um, cons. Yep. Sure. Yeah. I, I love the way you think. Um, and like I talked I talk to a movie about this as well. Like, not being so focused on reaching MLS, but building your infrastructure where you are at the level you are. Like if you look at these other clubs, like over in England or whatever, like even on the lower levels, they have their own stadium. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, their own fan culture, everything. They're a self-sufficient entity. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not worried. They're not playing at a high school. They're, they have yep. their own building, their own facilities. Yep. Um, and so I think if every lower level team focused on building that, I think we'll have a stronger, like overall, soccer system in this country yep yeah you know if if there's a thousand fans that will come sure not thirty thousand, but it's a thousand people that are from that town that are passionate that are you know probably most of their players going to come from that town they have something to look look to and aspire to um yeah i mean i i think there should be you know a, a soccer stadium called whatever you want to call it in every not even just Every town, every 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 town, you know, should have a high school. There should be a s- soccer team, um, and yeah, I, I I think that's how you start to grow that pro rel, that you know, love of the game, heart of the game stuff. Yeah, if you have yep. three hundred and fifty million, we can go to MLS. We don't have to stay in Nisa, right? Why would why would I? Why would we do that? <laughs> we can. I mean, <laughs> like, so that's what I'm saying. Like. You know, the, think about it. The new expansion teams they have haven't even played soccer yet. They haven't, but they're playing MLS though because they have the money. They have the money to go up. So, like, that's not how soccer is built. At least from where I'm co- where I come from as well. You know, we play like soccer almost every day. So that's not how it's built. If you want the best system, you have to create the best opportunity for people to be able to grow and the best opportunity for clubs to be able to grow. You know, look at England. You can build a club up from time five, and they can make it all the way up, you know, to the top level without necessarily becoming bankrupt. But the system here is like you have to pay to play. That's just the nature of it. If you want to join any league amateur level, you have to pay to play. That's just the truth about it. Even amateur. There's some amateur leagues that are so expensive. We look at an amateur league and... We that's actually what pushed us to Nisa. I'm not gonna mention names because I don't want no trouble. <laughs> we looked at an amateur league and the money we paid to join that amateur league, it's cool, it's ridiculous, right? We did. But then the standards of that amateur league is on the level of almost a little bit less than the the third tie of the amateur uh, of the US soccer pyramid. Why would we pay all that money for game day operation to play? top amateur when we can take our people to an actual professional league it doesn't make sense so at that point we're like you know we just go for it yep, that's actually a perfect segue um as you know fellow nisa nisa leaguers um oakland roots uh recently announced that they'll be joining usl championship after acquiring the territory rights to usl east bay so um the team who will be going from an independent model into a franchise system, they'll, they'll begin play in 2021. 
GAR, I guess I already got your thoughts on that. Um, so, so Evan, kind of give me your thoughts on on not only the roots and their move, but sure. like independent independent leagues versus moving into like a franchise system. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I love what the Roots are doing. Um, you know, their their branding, their connection to their city. Um, you know, I, I would almost go as far to say as like that's unmatched in soccer in this country um, in terms of, of how kind of quickly they've been able to really connect and give back. Um, but, you know, uh, as much as I would have loved to, to play them and, and gone out there and have them come out here, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm a fan of... in independent clubs doing their thing kind of going where they they see fit right and nisa is a perfect fit 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 for them. um however like you know uh, i'm disappointed um that we didn't get to play them however i do think that look if if i go and tell people look i want clubs to be able to think for themselves i want clubs to be able to do what what they think is best their club um i can't get mad then when a club you know changes one league to another whether that fits with what we think and what i think you know i i wouldn't make that switch um but you know i i i think from that thinking of independence is important um you know it it sure you can be upset that they switch leagues. you can be bummed that you don't get to play them um but you know, as as a front office person right i have to in, in my mind, that they think that's the best thing for their club and their player and their their fans, right? They they think that that, that move uh, is makes the most sense for for their goals um, because you know I I personally don't think you can have hands, right? You can't say okay, clubs can think for themselves and then you want to be independent, but then get mad and say they shouldn't move to a league. That being said, you know, I I am very high on NISA and what they're trying to do in terms of giving teams the autonomy to kind of do what they want to do. Um, and, you know, uh, not kind of being like, like you said, fran- franchise, but being a club. Um, you know, I, I think that's really important what we're, we're trying to do, right? We're, we're a club that happens to play in a league. We're not a franchise of that league. Um, and you know, I wish them, them, them the best. And again, they're going to do what's best, what they think is best, best for their club. Um, but I, you know, I, I wish we could have played them a couple times. Um, but you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see them time in an open up or something. Um, but oh, it's, it's, it, it, it sucks because, you know, I, I do think as a club, as a brand, you know they're a really strong brand. They've they've done fantastic things. Um, so 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 to see them jump ship, you know, that's you know I'm not not happy. But again, you know I I have to think that that they did what I think is best best for their their club. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not gonna cape for them since I'm because I'm from the Bay Area. But <laughs> um, do you think they saw an opportunity to kind of fill a gap? You know, with the Warriors moving over to San Francisco, the the, um, the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, like there's no real major sports yeah. outside of like maybe the A's, and then yeah. the earthquakes are like 40 minutes south. Yeah. Um, so, 
So you, you think they, they saw like that opportunity, that market opened up to, all right, let's elevate this a little bit more and, you know, try and try and build in that space, build in that gap. hundred percent. You know, again, I think I sure they did the numbers on, you know, on tickets and fans and, and how many people, and right. I'm sure they did all that. And I'm sure they said, look, there's a golden chance here to kind of get to that next level. Um, again, I can't fault them, right? They're they're getting into now the second tier of, of soccer in this country. Whether I think that you should be able to pay for that or have to win win your your way up, I I, I think we know where I stand. I, I think you have to win, right? But you know, for them, I'm I'm sure they did that analysis of look, yeah, just like like you said, they're filling this sports gap that now kind of exists in, in that area, and you know. If they're able to fill fill that, great. Um, but you know, I'm I, I'm sure that was kind of the reasoning of this kind of quick jump, um, at least part of it, um, because they did see they could fill fill a gap. Um, uh, again, I wish in this country you you could win and go go up, but um, you know, I'm I'm sure they they filled filled that that gap. Yeah, I'm a little bit biased too. I'm from NorCal, born in Hayward. I know a couple guys within the organization. So um, I feel like whether they stayed or they jumped up, they, they're going to have the support either way because they do a great job of branding and being sure. with the community. Um, but it's interesting because, like uh, Elle said, you know, there's no team outside of the A's and then San Jose Earthquakes who they don't do really a great job of, you know, um, getting into that, that, that region. Um, mm -hmm. It's a, it, it's a, it's a key moment for them. And I think this is, yeah. that's why they made that decision. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about um, these, these new equity crowdfunding campaigns that we're seeing mm -hmm. a lot of independent clubs hold. Um, of course, to grow it, it, it requires money, right? Um, sure. <laughs> so, so we've seen we've seen three NISA teams so far um, go through this process of raising money uh, for their clubs through equity crowdfunding. Chattanooga mm -hmm. FC, Detroit City FC, and the New Jersey Teamsters FC. Um, so, what are you guys' thoughts on this model? And like, do you see it as a viable model to grow your club or to grow clubs? All right. Yeah, I mean, Jay, you you. <laughs> One, I think that's a it's a good idea. Chatt uh, Chattanooga and Detroit, amazing teams. What did they have before they, they went on that route, right? They they were they were winners. They they were champions. They they produced on the field. They produced off the field. They were all around great team that most lower league teams can look up to, you know, to build up and things like that. It's a good model. It's a good idea, but. <laughs> If you don't have that level of success on the field, and uh, if you're a new club coming up and uh, you don't have wings underneath your belt, I, I don't know how you go out and expect people to invest in your club. I mean, we're looking, we, we, that's something we will talk about down the line and try to see how we can get our community involved in it. But we're not going to say our club is what $5 million, $10 million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do that. 
because it, you have to be, you know, truthful and facts has to follow because that can either make you or break you uh, when you go on that path. I think it's a great idea, but we would more so look at Detroit and Chattanooga and possibly reach out to them for some advice. I think we're building our club up in a way whereby it's been recognized nationally now, especially with the UPSL National Championship. And uh, we're well known as well based on that. So we have to factor all that in. We Then we'll make a decision. But, you know, we're not going to make a decision if we feel like we're not worth anything. And creating something like that would just make us look really, really bad. That's the problem. It's a very tricky situation. Again, we're known now. You know, we're well known. We're creating something on and off the field. We're winning games. We have something to put out there. But we're not going to do it if we feel like it's not something that the fans are going to buy into. We don't want to look like we're trying to take people's money. We want to make sure we're giving them something that is really worth them buying into you know i hope you guys understand what i'm saying like you know yeah. not just say hey let's take your money but you know yeah. down the line we don't know if it's worth anything so we would like to go based on what detroit did what chattanooga did down the line uh because again they built their brown up they were winners on and off the field so it was easy for the fans to buy into the project because they saw the future uh but we believe you know we are attracting a lot of ad- attention now in maryland we believe with our youth program, our worth is only becoming higher. And with where we're going to be kicking off our NISA out of is an historic venue uh, located right in the middle of Maryland. We think we would get there when the time comes, for a fact. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Evan. I was going to say, I totally agree. I think, you know, the German model that ownership um you know i'm not saying we go forward but i i love it um that being said just jay said like you know i think time and for it um and if you look at the chattanooga and De- detroit city yeah they had eight ten twelve years of, of history both on the field but also building that support in the community uh, but also off of the field right and that those two clubs in particular are ones that um, built themselves up the right way, built themselves up in a way that they could continue to be a club. Um, and, and also obviously connect with, with, you know, their fans and their, their, their towns. Um, it's not easy to raise whatever it is, um, eight, $900,000, 1.2 mil. It's not easy to do that, to have that many people want to, buy into what you're trying to build um again i in my opinion we are not close to being ready for that i hope soon that that we are but like like jay said it it comes to there there's a time and a place right there there's a time and a place where we as a club can look if you give x we're going to be able to provide you with 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 y right Uh, we're going to be able to provide provide some proof or some some that you're going to get back rather than kind of like, here's my money i'm going to go with that because i need need money kind of thing. so um i love love that idea um you know there's definitely a time time and place 
Yeah, what I was going to say is um, I actually looked into that situation um, a little bit, and I, I get what you're saying, Jay. I, I get what you're saying. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, so speaking, speaking of that, of- like what what is the Maryland Bobcats growth strategy? Like what's your future outlook? Like what's your grand vision? I mean, so so for, for me, uh, you know, we've thrown around the idea of our own field stadium you know this is you know we and again this is not going to be a one-year thing like this is a long-term plan right and i i think that where we're at right now and what we're trying to do in terms of one continue to get better on the field right um we we added a couple new players i think are going to be able to immediately come in and and play and com- compete for them um two which has kind of been a theme theme of of of, of this talk is making sure that we get the co- com- community more and more, more involved. Right. Again, I don't want people to see us as our players come in, they play hours and, and they go home. I want them to be seen, you know, in, in the community, helping coaching, um, you know, making this a true um, co- community based team. Um, but, you know, I have hires for our first season in, Nice that will hopefully kickstart a lot down the line, but you know, I'd love to see on stadium and field and in a place we can call our home, call our own. Um, and you know, that's not going to be easy. It's not going to be cheap. Um, but you know, I I think I think with the the people we have in, involved and and the plans we have that a real realistic plan. Um, and, and and again, it's just going to take take work and doing what needs to get done in order to make, make that happen. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely excited to see you guys growth. Um, and if you ever do take on some investment, hit me up. I'm first in line. I want to be first in line to, <laughs> sure. to you know, pour into the club. I'm already, I'm already you know, there you go. <laughs> trying to do it economically trying to help, trying to support there but yeah so down, so down the line is again getting the community involved and most importantly creating a culture for our own minority community uh we've talked about a you know having a home a place to call our home we've talked about ideas you know having if it's diversity having a minority people you know come in there feeling proud you know excited that you know this is something they want to be part of as well uh, you know, and then continue to build good and you know strong and successful men as well uh, within the com- within the team that will go back within the community and you know share the experience and things like that. So we're definitely in this for the long run, not just you know building something quick and then you know closing shop. That's not what our goal is. Uh, no, I really respect you guys' honesty, you know, in sharing you know more details around um, like the behind the scenes when it comes to you guys' organization. You know, you don't get you don't get that, you know, unless you're watching some of these shows and docuseries and even then they don't give you the full spectrum. So, you know, even when it comes to like the financial equity crowdfunding, like your thoughts on that promotion relegation. No, it's a good it's good insight. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Happy to. All right, cool. Now, so let's jump into one of our favorite segments of the show. Um, It's called it's called no card, yellow card, red card. So this is a rapid fire segment of the show where I'll run off a couple of topics um, and you guys will kind of give us your ratings on those topics based using the card system or the soccer card system. So obviously 
no card is i agree with it you know i'm all for this idea etc um yellow card is you know I, it's a foul so like i can go i can go either way i may have some issue with it but it's not enough for me to you know totally condemn it or whatever and then red card obviously is absolutely disagree i hate this idea or you know something like that so it's, it's the absolute negative right um so i'm gonna jump right in uh no card yellow card red card gareth bell returning to tottenham yellow i'll say red <laughs> i'll say red uh it's not gonna do well with Mourinho. Whoa, no, Mario's the one that wanted <laughs> from before, from Real Madrid days. He's the one that like was begging for that signing. He's lost his touch. He's no longer the special one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Oh, I'm going to give it a yellow card because uh, depending on what side you're looking at it from, Real Madrid, they're happy, so um, yeah. they needed to get rid of bail. Uh, from Tottenham's side, it goes against their model because there's really no resale value, but it's a one-year loan, so it's not really, you know, they're not really um, committing anything long-term. But with Bale there, it's taken away from some of the guys that they have in place, you know. Yep. Uh, Son, um, I can't even pronounce his name, the new boy, the Dutch boy, Bergwijn. 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 So if he takes away from them, the guys that are like producing for the club that are going to be there for a while and that can, they can resell. Uh, but it's only for a year and they got a lot of matches. So squad depth, I'm going to give it a yeah. card. Okay. Next one. Uh, no card, yellow card, red card. DeAndre Yedlin possibly returning to MLS. Yellow card again. <laughs> Uh, red card. <laughs> red card. <laughs> red card. I mean, he did well in the EPL. Why will he want to come back? Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a red card. It's too early for him to come back. And like on both sides, because I think LA is the rumored team to get him. Uh, LA, they got good young right back already. Let him develop. Um, let him play that role and uh, sell him, you don't need, I mean, Yellen is a great player, but you don't need him to take, you know, someone that's doing the job. And then from the Yellen standpoint, it's like, you just got there. Like, what do you want to come back for? I know you might miss home, all that, but nah, yeah, do your thing out there, especially because if you're trying to stay on the national team, you got some young boys that are <laughs> that are gunning. You know, they got Dest, he's rumored to go to Barca. So yeah, like which what what do you want from your career at this standpoint? And it's easy. Yeah, I, I yeah no, I, I think it too. And I think you know, as a country, we should want our players playing against the best players. And so you know, if if he comes back, you know, I I think although we teams, it might not hurt his chances with the with with the men's team. But um, I I think we have to want players playing in the best league. So um, you know. Him, him come, but on the flip side, if, if he can get get healthy and, and get into a groove here, um, you know it, it could could help. So um, that's why I'm kind of half and half. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm sticking. I'm, I'm going red card. 
I just think he wants to get out of the Northeast, to be honest. <laughs> like, what's up there in Newcastle? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you can go to a good, you can go to a good yeah. championship side, you know, somewhere a little bit more in the mix, you know, if you want to. I think, I don't think his time in Europe is over. I think he still possibly has some opportunities out there. Um, and you got a lot of good defenders coming up through the ranks, like yeah. like Anthony Robinson, stuff, people like that, who are like on the way up. Um, he also mentioned that he might leave the, he might quit the, the national team for like social yeah. justice reasons. So it may not, that might may not even be an issue. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I remember him doing damage to Chelsea a couple of years ago. I mean, he's got pace for days that fit the EPL. He can still play in the EPL. He just doesn't have to stay at Newcastle. I think yeah. there are teams that will pick him up. Like yeah, you said. There's other leagues too. I know there's room. Yeah, yeah. It, Germany, yeah, Germany can some some Germany can pick him up because he's got pace. So I don't know. He's only gonna affect his development if he comes back here. That's my honest opinion. But he, he's a pretty good player. He should stay there. Yeah, he agree. can come come and play for us though. okay next one uh no card yellow card red card chelsea eyeing a 44 million pound transfer for declan rice i say red card they need to sign some the the defenders first i'll say no card he he upgrades the back line and he's a former chelsea chelsea youth academy player too so He's got the blue blood in him. I think that's no card. I think that's a great investment, and he's still pretty young. Mason Mount is his best friend. He fits in perfectly into Lampard's squad. No card. Yeah. No card. Bring him home. You know, it's just, it's just bad that they have to pay so much because he was a huge product of Chelsea. Um, if it stops Chelsea from getting a goalie, then I would say red card. But they're still getting the goalie. <laughs> I know L has something to say about where is this money coming from because this is probably been like the most expensive transfer window for Chelsea since uh, two hundred uh, mil already. Since still, oh, and still spending since the special one came. So uh, yeah, we we need and we need um, even though I'm not English, but we need young English talent. You know, for mm-hmm. Chelsea, you got to develop your own country, your own squad. So um, yeah. I mean, we're getting Mendy for cheap, so that's a good thing. We're getting Mendy for cheap, so and he's a pretty good goalie uh, for from Rand. So and plus sale sale of Eden Hazard, Morata, and a couple of other sales. I mean, we and we didn't spend last year. Please let us breathe. Leave us alone. Yeah, we're there, we're there. <laughs> All right, I, I'll let y'all live now. I'll let y'all live. All right, last one. No card, yellow card, red card. French Football Federation president states that racism doesn't exist in football while denying to penalize teams for racist and homophobic behavior in stadiums. Red card. Red, red card. <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red card with two games suspension. This guy, he's, he, I, you can tell he's out of touch because um, for him to say there's none at all when there's been clear examples not only in the most recent week, but throughout the history of soccer, not only in his yeah. federation, but other federations as well in other leagues. Uh, yeah, yep. red card. Yes. Sometimes I think that these guys in those leagues and people in power, they either don't think about what they're saying, they don't hear themselves talk, 
or they like like you said are in touch with with what's actually going on um if that's the code then then i don't know what what is <laughs> all right cool so real quick we'll do some match predictions for um premier league for this coming weekend so we'll just do maybe like the top top six teams um, and then we'll throw Everton in there since since we got Evan yeah, yeah. with us. So, what you're saying is top 16. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, this Saturday we have um, Everton versus West Brom. Who do we think wins that one? Everton, Everton. hands down. Yeah, Pretty uh, Everton. yeah, Everton. I think James Rodriguez might get his his, his first, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, Man U versus Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace gives Man U some trouble. <laughs> I'll say a tie. Tie. <laughs> yeah, a tie for me too. Okay. What'd you say, Evan? Uh, I say Man Man U. Okay. Um, then we have Arsenal, West Ham. Obviously, Arsenal. I'll let y'all. <laughs> That's a tricky one. West Ham lost last week. You don't know what to get with them. London Derby. Arsenal yeah. win, but it's a close game. Yeah, it's going to be closer than it is. Uh, West Ham tie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say tie, too. There's going to be a late goal. I don't know who's going to score to tie it. There's going to be a late goal. 80th minute or later. Nah, we informed, baby. We informed. <laughs> that's a that's a dub all the way. All right, um, Tottenham, Southampton. I think Tottenham has to win, right? If they they don't, Whew. yeah. Mourinho's already sweating bullets. They they're gonna they're gonna bounce back. They have to bounce back. So I'll say tie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll say tie. Because you just don't know. I mean, uh, they didn't look good last week. They, they didn't good look good. Huh? In the first half, they looked good. Man. They did, but even Everton had more chances than they did. Even in the first half. So they 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 really didn't look that good. You know? They yeah. really did. I would say tie. Okay. I'm though. I hate watching games in They're trying to force us <laughs> to that direction. We have to pay for that. <laughs> it was NBC Gold, and then they changed it to Peacock. I'm like, I paid for NBC Gold already. What's going on? Yeah, I, so I, yeah, I had to subscribe to Peacock now. Yeah. My gold, my gold is going away. Oh my god. Um, Lester Burnley. So I, I hear Burnley is the new, you know, Cold Knight and Stoke. So yeah, could be a tough one. I'm gonna say Lester. Burnley finished well. Like finished well last season, I expect them to take take that momentum forward. Uh, I'll say tie, honestly. I'll say tie. Yeah, Burnley at home, especially early in the season when they can like this is where you can like nick off some points. Uh, I've got Burnley winning. Okay. Um, Chelsea Liverpool. Woo! <laughs> that's, that's that's a, a that's a match. <laughs> uh, Chelsea's, winning. Chelsea's winning for sure. They're, they're, here to tell, they're here to let everyone know, like, yeah, we made this, we made these moves for a reason. We coming. 
I think Chelsea Chelsea has a lot to prove in this game, especially with the way Klopp has been disrespectful. Uh, he's talking about them buying players. He, he bought players. He's been buying players since he's been at Liverpool. So I think they have a lot to prove, and I think Lampard would want to prove something. I think Chelsea would win. I think Chelsea might win. And plus, they didn't look really that good last 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 weekend. And what they've walked on during our season, which you can see on Monday, was the defensive shape. They look better defensively, minus the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I, I honestly see, honestly, a, a team that doesn't play that well, but still 1-3-1, that shows that they have a lot of track going forward. I think Werner has a lot to prove too. It's going to be a shocker this weekend. I think Chelsea would win. Yeah, Chelsea matches up against them well. Conte's back. Defense is looking strong. Yeah, we're good. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. All right, we say Evan. Did you already? Say I, as much as I say that, I think think they come out with a win. Are you a true Everton fan? If you even say Liverpool, I, I, know, I know, right? I know. Arsenal should be up four zero in the 90th minute, and I'll still say they're gonna give up that lead. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you should be saying, Evan, you should be saying, Liverpool, burn, burn, Liverpool. <laughs> but you're supporting them. No, All right, I, so. I think so. Oh, okay, that's it. Yeah. And the last one, uh, prime time, we got Man City versus Wolves. <laughs> City. Let's say Wolves. City's, no, City. City's coming with vengeance this season. City. Yeah, City, but so, I do have Raul Jimenez goal. That man's, that man's top form, probably the best CONCACAF player outside of Davies right now. So, yeah. All right. So, we touched on this last week, but we'll ask you two. Um, who do you think wins the league this year? City. City. Yep. <laughs> That's what I said. City. Yep. City. <laughs> uh, oh, man. man. Okay. Tiago's about to sign for Liverpool, though. Yeah. Yep. Uh, City wins, but it's close. Yeah. It's gonna be closer, uh, I think. But yeah, City wins. I think City's gonna close. come come back back this season. Yeah. What? Oh, what did I say last? I said City as well, right? But that was because if Messi was coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Chelsea. I'm so I'm going to Chelsea. We're doing. <laughs> now you did say Chelsea. You said Chelsea. We, uh, then, we, so if, if Messi comes, City. You know who we should have bought? We should have picked up Martinez from Arsenal. Emmy, yeah. We should have picked up the goalie Arsenal just sold to Aston Villa from Arsenal. Hey, we, we, we would have sold him to y'all too to kind of cash y'all splashing around. 40 <laughs> mil. <laughs> 40 mil. So we can go get OR and Partey. Uh, he's too loyal to Arsenal. He might just like let some gold. You know, kind of how to say it. You know, you don't know about that. So that's it. Okay, yeah. So um, thank you guys so much for joining the podcast, um, the show, actually. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, so we're on everything. We're on Twitter and Instagram is at MDBobcatsFC. Facebook, Maryland Bobcats FC, YouTube, Maryland Bobcats FC, um, everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's definitely going to be in the show notes. That's our show for this week. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. 
Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC on all platforms. Check us out our merch at Two Cents Sports.shop. It helps support the show. We got the scarves, we got the pin, we got all types of gear. Uh, and tweet us your comments on the show. Any topics you want me or El to discuss on the show. Uh, thank you guys so much for sending in questions. Thank you guys so much for engaging. Um, you know what it is every Friday. Catch y'all later. Yep. Grab that Maryland Bobcast merch too. <laughs> Thank you guys. Oh. Bye. All right. All right. Peace. Peace.